0: So there were so many mountain there were so many mountains to climb during our you know stay at Turo in the PICU that I really you know it's it started to feel very surreal. Um, you know God just did this huge miracle, you know, in Phoenix's life, you know, the moment that we're in the cop car to the to the hospital, being told he was gone, then all of a sudden he's not gone, then flying you know to to auctioner that um you know it's just been it was kind of felt like an out of body experience and that God was just literally um upholding at least me in the palm of your in the palm of his hands and I just remember always just being in war mode like I am not going to let this go and But then as you start to get tired, you know, and you start to only have maybe one bite of a sandwich a day, or you didn't eat that day, or you had a lot of visitors, you're just worn out, a lot of doctors coming in and out, never feeling like you have any privacy any time to really, you know, process what was going on. There was one part where I felt, and this was before Phoenix actually kind of woke up and came through, was... Uh, Lord, you know, you sh- that little voice of doubt comes in, you know, one of those things that you wore at, uh, with the devil. That, that unbelief, that doubt that um, that comes in. And always when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you've you're not seeing it quick enough, you know, something that you won't come quick enough. And um and I remember just having to get away, going back to where we were sleeping at that little hotel or wherever that was like attached to the hospital. And I remember, you know, just being able just to take a bath, and it it took all that I had just to, like, kind of forget about everything, let everything go, because I needed to hear the Lord again. Like, I hadn't really heard, you know, I mean— Songs were coming on, people were giving words, you know, people were praying for us, people would say the right thing at the right time, praise God for people who hear the Lord too and say, you know, I felt, take this to the Lord, but I felt to tell you this, it was always a word in season, and God blesses people. And if you did that for me, you have no idea that that kept me up. But at some point, I felt like I needed to hear God again for myself. Because you start feeling a little bonkers. So you're like, Lord, I don't want to judge the situation improperly because that will set set me up for failure. That will take me for a loop. That will broadside me like a bad broadside accident. So can you just tell me again, you know, is everything going to be okay? Is what are you doing in this? Is Phoenix going to be not partially recovered? But all the way recovered. Like, what what is your intentions here? Because I want to rightly put put you know, my faith where it rightly needs to be, and I don't want to be those type of people that are believing for something that's way out, you know, off. And so I just kind of got into the spiral with the Lord, I, and I talk about it because I think a lot of people do, and and so I needed to hear a fresh word. I needed to hear a word for myself. So I got into prayer. I got into worship. I took a, you know, I just take, taking a bath and I was like, Lord, speak to me. And I just got quiet. And then when I afterwards, I just got out my, the Bible and I was like, speak to me through your word, you know, because his word doesn't lie. It just doesn't. Now, it could be in the context of history, historical events, and blah, 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 but he wrote it for us now. Every single thing that is written in the Bible is written for us right now for every need that we have, every situation that we're in, any circumstances that we face. So that's what I was presenting. You know, I was looking through the Word, like... Tell me something about my situation now. And so he led me to a scripture. I really haven't, you know, I read the Bible all the time, but for some reason, this this part of the Bible has just kind of eluded me, but it was in 1 Samuel 30, and it was when David went out to war, you know, for three days, and he came back home. And his village was completely pillared, you know, just, I mean, completely pillaged. I think that's the word. And not only pillaged, but burned to the ground and everybody was kidnapped. And so um, it was just left desolate, his village. And th- him and all of his men wept bitterly. And I may have talked about this before, but him and his men we- we- wept bit- bitterly. And, um, and David wept as well but then after he wept he consulted he said i went to go and be with the lord and 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 consult the lord and then i asked him lord you know this hasn't it, 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 you see all this what's what's happened am i able to go and track down those thieves and when i track them down will i be victorious you know will i can i go after my enemies and rec- and you know go after them. And the Lord not only said, "Yes, he heard the Lord respond. Yes, not only go after them. I'm allowing you to go after them, but you'll recover. You will recover all and more." So that was the first time I was like, I was, "Okay, so Lord, are you telling me that if I stay in this place, of fighting against these things, you know, fighting against unbelief, fighting against fear and believing b- beyond what my eyesight can see that not only Phoenix will be recovered, but, but, but he, more, he will have more in his life. You, you will recover all, and he will get more. And so um, that's all I had to hang on. And when I got back, he, you know, right after being told he'd be in a vegetative state, That all these things were like all these little movements were involuntary and whatnot. A miracle happened where he started to come back slowly. However, it was his personality, you know, that they never thought would come back. Well, even though he might be able to do things, he's not really there. And when I went back into the room, something miraculous happened that why you told this joke at this time, I don't know. But when you did, that's the first sign that I felt like God confirmed that word to me.
1: Well, the details surrounding it was that he had been intubated. Uh, Thankfully, he didn't have to have a tracheotomy, didn't need that, but he was intubated. And um, he had all this apparatus around his face. And one thing that you need to know about Phoenix is he's a clean-shaven kid. He does not like facial hair. Hates it. it. It's just not gonna be happening. Well, I couldn't, and obviously he couldn't shave his face. I couldn't shave his face. He had all this apparatus all over his face, holding this tube, a feeding tube going down, all this stuff. Well, anyway, uh, one of the doctors comes in and and she's after about, I don't know, two and a half or however many weeks of being intubated. And she goes, wow, nice stash. She, she's talking to Phoenix And of course, Phoenix is there, kind of looking. Maybe eyes, sort of. You know, don't know if he hears us or not.
0: Again, at that point, we didn't really know if he was there or not.
1: Yeah, eyes halfway closed. Mm -hmm. Oh, sometimes open them, look around, sort of. Um, If we could get that, it was like, yes. Well, I was, I, I, I said to Phoenix, but really, I was talking to the doctor. I said, yeah, I must ask you a question. And of course, I mustache. Get it? huh Mustache must he's got a facial hair. Okay. So
0: And of course this is the way you deal with very <laughs> intense situations. I joke. Is that we joke where <laughs> we kinda jokes. have humor in very inappropriate <laughs> times of our lives, but that's how we get through our lives. And not
1: even funny jokes. I'm not a comedian. This is not so anyway, I said I must ask you a question. Well, I'm looking at the doctor, I'm not paying attention to Phoenix because I was kinda joking. You just with wanted her. to
0: make her laugh yeah, yeah. and lighten up a little bit.
1: And um, she her eyes go really wide, and she goes, did you see that? He just smiled. So I look over to Phoenix, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I didn't i did not see it. So she walks around me, around the bed, to the other side of the bed, and I say it again, this time I'm looking at Phoenix. Yeah, almost, and I say it with more, like, oh, I'm gonna Gusto. really try to be funny this time. Let's see if I get him. Yeah, almost asked you a question. And Phoenix, both sides of his mouth, slowly start to grin, to this giant grin, and I'm like,
0: it was a oh giant, it wasn't just a smirk. <laughs> it was the giantest grin. Oh, I can. <laughs> I've, I mean, full blown teeth, both so- <laughs> sides of his mouth. When they said that one might be parallel, you know, all this stuff, that right. the brain, you know, Bell's palsy, whatever. And both sides of his face oh drew up, and it was the most beautiful. I don't think I've even seen Phoenix before the event smile as big. As he was smiling, (laughs) and it was like, after that bath, and after, give me a word, Lord, and you need, you know, will you recover all, will you, am am I just going to look like an idiot, I mean, I've put it out on Facebook, that you're going to do this, and... That's on your reputation, not mine now, Lord. You know, getting that anger in the Lord, you know, when we're always raising fists at him and then we're loving him and then we're thank saying thank you, and then we're saying you're cruel and you're saying, you know, it's just this fluster of emotions. And then getting that word and going, Okay, you said you're gonna recover. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe this. Going back, oh, man. you're in this and I kind of walk in on the moment, like right right before the moment happens. And You're trying to just make this doctor laugh because we want everyone to relax in the thing because there was some heavy-duty stuff going on. And here you say this thing, and this miracle happens. I mean, it it felt to me in that moment when I saw my son smile so big, so genuinely, because when I saw that, I said, not only is he going to be okay, I'm like, Humor—the fact yeah. that God showed us His this first trait of Phoenix's was always that He was funny,
1: and it set the tone going forward for all of His recovery, uh, even up till now. It it you know humor became a really important gift uh, to overcome the difficulties that that He was going to have to face each each day, you know. I can tell you that the rest of that day, I was like trying to pull out all the jokes.
0: Oh, he was talking jokes, and it was to the point where my uh, I was like shut it down already, Bigler. Like,
1: <laughs> I got more smiles though that day. I, I mean, did. even
0: Phoenix. Uh, this and this also showed. Okay, so Phoenix one of the biggest <laughs> Phoenix's biggest trait and art the one that we most love is his humor. So. God gave that back and showed us He is all there. I got. I got to
1: tell you one other joke. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna tell it though.
0: But He is all there, (laughs) and I said, but but another thing that came through, and this is where I'm gonna segue into your next joke, um, is that Phoenix (laughs) had humor, but he had smart humor too. Like it showed you his intellect, and so he was there. But God also in that same moment after you were trying to give him like a book of jokes after that, like 104 jokes came, you know, right after the mustache, of the question joke, is that it also showed that Phoenix (laughs) could process intellect because a lot of them you had to think, you had to understand the concepts to even be able to laugh at such a thing. Like...
1: All right. So Phoenix and I have this on, like, how nerdy of jokes can you get? And so he had texted me this really... Really, super geek joke. It's a like you have to know electrical engineering, you've got to know it's a behavior joke. The joke is this uh, my son is eating electrical cords. What should I do? Answer ground him until he conducts himself properly. I mean, it's just not a funny joke.
0: And once again, that big smile came (laughs) out. Like like a big old like light on his face. <laughs> he's laughing now. He's actually sitting with us in the studio and he's laughing at them again. And um, but these are the jokes, you know. And then one having to do with squirrels and something that we don't want to like promote on uh, camera but you know you know he is a boy and he's got a kind <laughs> of cer- certain humor and ben would try anything at this point to see if that wasn't just a one you know a oh, one man. moment thing
1: look when it's your kid you, like i told you don't Phoenix, care what
0: he says you don't uh, care what words come out of his mouth. To, at see that him, point. to
1: see him smile in such a difficult time yeah you know the reality is it's uh I was more proud of him at that point. And I told him, I said, Phoenix, I am more proud of you now than any other time that you've stood up for gold on a roll, right, in school, winning whatever awards for achievement. That smile to me as your dad at this point in your life is like winning the biggest lottery I could ever possibly
0: win. I mean, this young man, after just going on a simple bike ride for a few minutes, Dropping from a cardiac, seeing him struggle on that video to survive and stay up and stay awake and stay alive, to go through anoxic brain injury, to be pumped and a bunch of hands all over him, to be sticked and prodded and stuck and tubes down his throat and going through several infections that almost took his life in and of itself for the first thing to see is a smile on his face. Yeah. I mean, what a message to anybody is that to go through what he went through, to be in that much... Pain and difficult circumstance were literally all the only hope he had was God to come out of it. And the first thing that we saw was not him angry, was not him sad, was not him raising his fist at God, was not this, was not that. It was a smile on his face. And I'm with you. The 4.3 GPA, on gold honor roll every single year for as long as he's been at St. Paul's. For all, teaching himself tons of instruments, teaching himself how to, you know, do this and do that, and all these amazing things Phoenix has done with his life, which we could have grieved. Every time he lifted a finger, opened an eye, and made a smile, we were more proud of him. Yeah. In those moments than we have ever been. Mm. So people think that we lost all these achievements. Right. But when your son has died and come back the achievements become you put in perspective what achievement actually means. And that smile is the biggest achievement and I still believe is the biggest achievement that we will celebrate to this day.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things that helped me too is is kind of trying to reframe the timeline if you will because when I think about who Phoenix was, and how things are now, maybe it's hard to feel thankful. Maybe it's hard to feel like you're having the wins. But when I edit it to where the time frame is, yeah, but he was in that alley, stuck, and the Lord didn't leave him there. The Lord had a different plan. Then I'm thankful for the smile. I'm thankful for where we've come to. And, you know, it's... and at the end of the day, I think like maybe, maybe, maybe if faith weren't a fight, then we wouldn't learn what it means to trust. Because if faith is a fight, we have, we realize that it's not always going to turn out exactly the way we'd like, but it's because it's a fight, it's, it's worth the effort. But we, but we learn something greater, which is to trust God. And that's a really difficult thing because when you're fighting for something, in this case for Phoenix, to be well, to be healthy, to be fully restored, and all of that stuff, which we believe for and we continue to fight for, things don't always, on your timeline, right, turn out the way that you want them to. Not just on your timeline, they just might flat not turn out the way you want. But this is where the trust aspect comes in. And the value of a relationship with God, what is that worth? And if we focus on the miracle and we focus on the things that God does bless us with, without realizing that it's not about the miracle, it's about the trust and the relationship with God, that's a really sober thing. Because we all can feel grateful for positive things and for good things, but when good things don't Happen at least good that you can imagine that they're good. Can we still trust that God is, is good, good
0: and faithful, right? And loving and for you and not against you, right? We are, because m- many, I am not yeah. going to lie. There has been moments where I'm like, "You are clearly against me," mm. and then when I read the Word, I'm like, "Wait, I'm not in right relationship here." Because if I was. Right. And this is usually a day or two being too busy to be in the word or too busy to pray because I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, going back and forth, getting him stuff and doctor visits and this and that. And, but when I'm not, um, I drift and it's like, and I, I've, 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 I'm, why is it that when bad things happen, we always make it God's fault? And I felt very like, wait, I just had the faith, like Elijah, you know, you just you just killed like all these, <laughs> you know, <laughs> false <laughs> prophets, and now you're at the you're at the creek wanting to die, like that's kind of how I felt, and uh, many times, yeah. and yesterday probably that
1: story <laughs> that, that there's so many stories like that in the Bible that that become so much more animated where this great prophet, right. I mean, and, I
0: feel like I'm slaying dragons, yeah. my God, and I'm gonna go to the ends of the earth, and I can believe for anything. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm wishing to die the next. Right, day. and something. And all of a sudden, God right. is not my friend anymore.
1: <laughs> right, something threatens who you think you are. Right, and then you go cowering, under what you know, hiding for cowering for cover because yesterday you felt very strong and full because of-
0: because he smiled. Yeah. And then the next day, nothing, if anything, something there was like a setback. And then you're like, God, where are you? Yeah. (laughs) He just smiled. And then the next day is God. We are so fickle. And I think this is what this whole thing has showed me because people write me, You have such great faith. You have just great faith. And I keep trying to say, it was given. Like because I'm the most fickle, fickly, rickly, rackety person. (laughs) on the face of the planet because if you've seen my downtimes, you'd realize that faith is a gift. It was a gift for me to come to the Lord. It was a, It was a gift of faith that helped me come to God and see him for who He is. And it is a gift of faith that helped Phoenix get out of that alley and into that and into that recovery mode. And it's a gift now, seeing him endure, seeing, still believing the word that God will help him recover all and more if we go after our enemies, which mean in prayer, we fight in him and contend in faith for his fully recovery, even when we don't see him walking as we think he should be strongly walking now or as we think he should be talking now. Like these are still the fight of fate that we're still in.